You're listening to the Revision Path Podcast, a weekly showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. Through in-depth interviews, you'll learn about their work, their goals, and what inspires them as creative individuals. Here's your host, Maurice Cherry. Welcome to the Revision Path Podcast. My name is Maurice Cherry. And before we get into this week's interview and, of course, talk about our sponsors, I want to just give you an update on South by Southwest and my Where Are the Black Designers presentation, how all that went. So first off, before I get into anything, thanks to AIGA, all the GoFundMe supporters, uh, Cheryl D. Holmes Miller, Sarah Walker Betcher from Alyssa Part, and everyone who helped with not just providing information for the presentation, but also donated to help me get to South by Southwest on such short notice. Thanks to all of you. Um, I think the presentation went well, even though it was very sparsely attended. Um, None of the media that were present for other panels in the same track were present either. So overall, I think there were probably about 10 to 15 people there, uh, just as a rough count. Uh, For those who were there that weren't asleep or charging their phones, uh, they asked some really insightful questions. Um, I hope to get that audio from South by Southwest soon. They did record the audio. They didn't do any video recording. But once I get that audio, I hope to share it with all of you. Uh, Once I get that, it should be, I think, next month or so. Hopefully, that soon. Um, I also managed to give the presentation to a smaller crowd at Sanders Wingo last Monday on the 16th. So thanks to Sanders Wingo. Thanks to Claudia for having me come out and speak to all of you. Um, I had several interviews lined up to do in Austin. Uh, They pretty much all canceled on me or were no-shows. So there's that. (laughs) Um, I did manage to do one interview, which I will have coming up in April. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Should be around the beginning of April. I took a few days off after coming back. My birthday was last Wednesday, so I kind of extended my little mini vacation on through the weekend. And that gave me some time to think about, you know, next steps, like where else I can give this talk that might have more of an impact, things like that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. So let's talk about our sponsors, MailChimp, Hover, and Creative Market. MailChimp is the premier email service provider for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Join more than 7 million people who use MailChimp to design and send 500 million emails every day. Sign up today for a free account at MailChimp.com. Need a new domain for your next project? Check out Hover. Each domain comes with free private domain registration, unlimited domain forwarding, and world-class customer support. Grab yourself a domain today and use the promo code SECONDYEAR and save 10% off your purchase. Creative Market sells graphics, fonts, themes, photos, and a whole lot more starting at only $2. They give away a new selection of free goods every Monday, and they've got bundle promotions every month. They actually just wrapped up their March Big Bundle last week. Uh, But if you're still looking for those free goods, head over to creativemarket.com, check those out. Now, let's get on with the show. This week, I talked with Anselmo Palembe, graphic designer and owner of Lupa Design in Stamford, Lincolnshire, England. Let's start the show. All right, so tell us who you are and what you do. My name is Anselmo. I'm a Mozambican graphic designer. At the moment, I'm uh, situated in the UK. Where in the UK are you located? I am located in Stamford. That's um, one and a half hours driving from London. It's Stamford in Lincolnshire. All right. And you're originally from Mozambique, so I want to go back all the way to Mozambique. I want to talk about that first. Where in Mozambique are you from? From Mozambique, I'm from Maputo. I born in Maputo. I've okay. been there 
almost all my life, and I decided to travel abroad. Maputo is uh, like a beach city, isn't it? Like it's right there on the coast. Yeah. It's the capital. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful place. You know, it's, it, we're surrounded by the sea and, and Indian Ocean. It's just full of culture. Kala is it's just amazing place to be and to grow up. How long were you there before you uh, decided to move? I've been in Maputo since I was like 25 years old. I left Maputo when I was 25 years old. Um, and I just traveled to the South Atlantic Islands, and, and uh, I've, since then I've been out of Mozambique for, for a while. When you were in Mozambique, were you also doing design there? No, that, that was interesting. In Mozambique, I was doing another thing. Uh, I was working a different industry. The design, actually, I started, um, I decided to do a design when I was in the UK. Uh, because of my creativity, I've always been creative, but... I try to actually to find something where I can use it as a, a, a job, but in the same way I can still have my creativity in the side. What were you doing in Mozambique, uh, in Maputo specifically? I was working in the um, company as just a general company, construction company, doing the, a business with uh, another construction companies. And from there I just decided... I wanted to stop to do that. It's just to take a bait, and uh, I travel abroad. And now from Maputo, you went to a tiny island called St. Helena. Tell me about that. Yeah, from Maputo. I actually went from Maputo to Sanction Island. It's just close to St. Helena Island. Sanction Island is is after St. Helena Island. You take there about two, seven to two days. The only way you can get there is by boat, where you take from Cape Town. So I traveled there. And uh, I, I live in, in the Sanction Island for like two years I was there. What was it like there? It's, it's just amazing places. You know, I like those kind of places. Sanction Islands, the reality is just 900 people living there. Oh, wow. Tiny, tiny island. <laughs> it's a British overseas territory where we have the, the American base and British base. And one of my jobs, I was working in America base. And I stayed there for two hours. But this is a beautiful place to, to live. Yeah. So from Maputo to Ascension yeah. to St. Helena. So were you doing design in Ascension? Were you doing design in St. Helena? Like when did you really start on this journey to becoming a designer? Okay, that's interesting. When I went to to Sanction Island first, what I did is I worked in the Rotten Grounds in America base. I decided to go through and I started to work in conservation in the Sanction Island and I started to do a ticket the wildlife photography where I managed there to publish um, my book is called The Mary the Mask Booby. I stayed there for a while and literally after I left Sanction Island to UK, I stayed there for, for three years to work and I was I was asking myself what actually I wanted to do, which photography i wanted to do art i wanted so I, I just decided like the best thing i could do is actual graphics because i can use both of them i can use photography and i can use art and just to express my skills now when you were in saint helena is that when you decided to start your business yeah so what happened in Santa Lina is i came to uk i did my degree and i went back to Santa Lina. i stayed there um, because I went with my family, 
And when I arrived there, I saw this massive gap in, in, in Santa Elena where no any other creative or graphic design studio in Santa Elena. And so I opened. They had people that were doing their graphics, but not in the level I bring it into. So I started uh, my company there from home and I grow it and I managed to have my own office, my own studio. I employed two people from the island where one was doing illustrations and another girl was a graphics. And we're taking off from there. What was uh, your business call? My business calls a Lupa Design Creative Studio. All right. And what kind of services were you doing? We were doing uh, pretty much everything from windows displaying, from uh, brand companies, from uh, events or festival of running, festival of walking, from uh, uh, events, from uh, conferences. We were doing like websites. We were doing pretty much, you know, the whole scenario of the whole things involved with graphics in any company. We were like involved in doing that. We were working with the government. We were working with the ONGs there. We were like all over. And because that's such a, a small island, I would imagine you didn't really have a lot of competition in terms of other designers or other companies, right? Yeah, uh, we saying that and not saying that is very tricky because has we don't have so many competition. We had the competition in the side, but one of the things to me, the challenge I have, it was to try to educate it as a good design is good to you. Good design, right. it can be great for your company, for your business, wherever you wanted to sell apples or wherever you wanted to deal with, uh, a, you are in the big corporate companies. It's very important, the brand of your company. It, ta- it take your company for the next level. Me arriving there, things with you seeing around the island, even in the tourism office, the standard has, they wanted to present themselves it wasn't there, so I bring it into that to the island. So I started to like bring color in, you know, bring nice brandings and nice uh, design into. So it was great because in one way people started to realize, wow, if you have an amazing, if your company is presented like this, is more uh, points to you. And not only that, I work with charity. You know, I work with disabled charity where I I work for about three months trying to create something and create exhibitions with them where we could exhibit and give us places for three or four months so where we could sell the product. You know, it's a lot, I was involved in so many things there. There's something interesting that you mentioned about how you said there's not a lot of competition, but you really sort of had to educate and bring people up to the level where they could appreciate sort of what design is. Is that right? Yes, yes. I feel like for freelancers or or even for people that like designers that are dealing with clients, that's always something that is a constant struggle. Like your client may never be on the same level or even close to the level that you are as it comes to appreciating design. So you have to educate them on this is what design is. This is what it does. What are some ways that you do that? Because I'm pretty sure that people that are listening would love to know. For example, I give you a very simple example. When I arrived there, we had a, a company where they used to dealing with um, arts and crafts in the island, but the logo was presenting them. It didn't tell nothing about, didn't tell the story, didn't tell the story. This was about arts and crafts. 
So changing the brand of that company and changing the brand of so many companies in the island, bringing the logo, the brand guidelines to the next level, the whole team. He actually, they realized they bring more clients to them. The company looks more, more appealing by doing that. So when you go through, you don't really have to talk to, to, to the clients. But many of my clients came after. It was because they saw it, the designs we were doing for other clients. And they say, wow, this is great. Man. Your brand looks amazing. Your company looks amazing. Uh, who did that? We would like this to be done to us. So uh, like that, people surrounded, this small place, people talk to each other. And they could see because graphics is visual. Everything great in your eye, you always want it. So let's say you're approaching a new project with a client. Tell me, like, what is your creative workflow? How do you start with the client? Give me that process. My first steps with a client is, first foremost, is listen, talk to the client. Don't be too aggressive. You know, listen what the client wants because every person has something to give into the brand of the, what they wanted to do. So my first thing is bringing together the client. We have a meeting. I talk to the client what they wanted to do, what they would like to be done. And they explain it to me. They want A and B and C, you know, different things they would like to have in their company, which type of colors and what they wanted to bring, what, what style they like it and all that. So what we, we used to do, we have a list where we make it. We talk into the client, we give some interview. And after we say, we will come back to you. And like that, I come with three, three samples for the client where I started from there. And from those three samples, the client choose one, and I started to develop it from there. And I worked with client closing into, you know, the type of brand we're coming with. So you present three samples. I know sometimes designers will just give one sample and say, this is what it is. But what's kind of the philosophy that you have behind presenting multiple samples like that? Pretty much, you know, sometimes you find a client, so you meet the client's they really stuck with their ideas. If you say, you selling apples, the brand should be like that. shouldn't be like you selling bananas. That's an example I can give it. So what I do exactly, I go into the client's um, mentality and I show it actually more or less what the client was thinking about. But I give the best option. So like that, the client look the both options and actually can see the option the client was thinking about is not better than the option the designer is giving to me. So like that, I already have the client on my hand to say, look, oh, listen, this is the option you were talking about. And this is the option you thought was the best for your company, was the best for your brand. But I'm showing to you here, you can see with your eyes, the best brand for your company is this one. So pretty much is a way of getting into the client and tell this is the best way you can go ahead of being, uh, presenting your company without being so aggressive and say, no, your design is not good enough. Your thinking is not good enough. So uh -huh. that's why we're using this way. So, you know, you have to, you have to approach a client with, uh, with more respect and with more calm and, and try to understand when, you, when you're dealing with them. So now you've, you've done business in the UK and you've also done business there on the island on, on St. Helena. Client-wise, I guess, as you're dealing with clients, you know, on a cultural level, what's been the difference between those two? Is there much of a difference? Yeah, yeah, it is. For example, in Santa Helena, I find some clients, they really don't have um, 
a clue about how important it is to good brand is good company, good brand is good bath of your business. Right. Okay, pretty much because you know how it's UK. Everybody knows good brand is good birth of your business. Good brand is good. It will make you go far. So that was the difference. So in UK, I find people already know it. They just wanted a great word and great brand coming from you. But in Santalina, I find that I have to explain people why you really want to, you have to have a good brand for your company. So since you started Lupa Design, what have been, let's say, what have been like the three most important lessons that you've learned since starting your business? Oh, <laughs> since I started my business, the most three important lessons I learned was fast is very important. You know how to adapt to every walks of life, you know, because you're dealing with so many people, uh, different kinds of people. So you have to really know how to adapt it. The second one is, it's amazing to me to know it, how places are different. You know, you or you're dealing with, with a person in UK, you're dealing with a person in America like you are, you're dealing with a person in Santa Elena. That teach me a lot. And the third is, is, you know, you are your business. You are your business. So you have to, to act like you are the business. And so... So many, in so many levels. Don't, if you're doing business like this, you have to be part of the business. You really, you are the business. So you have to be up there in front, you know, and acting like you're always 100% sharp to carry on with it. What are your next steps of growth for Lupa Design? I came back to UK. I'm doing, you know, I'm very fortunate. Some of the clients still working with me. On the islands, you know, I have I have a client from Tristan da Cunha. I'm just doing project now with him. Is uh, Tristan da Cunha Conservation? I'm working here now in UK. I'm, I'm while I'm dealing with projects with my clients. I was very fortunate to have been doing I'm working now doing projects in the NHS. But uh, my real goals is, you know, just growing, make a loop, a growing, and and one of the these days is taking this company to my country where is Mozambique and it's just keep growing that that's my aim game so tell me what's a typical day like for you when you're working at the moment I just I wake up I'm going to my office I have at the moment the projects I'm doing in NHS I, I'm working with 15 to 10 projects in one time oh, so wow. I'm dealing with that this is my life and what I do, or I see which projects um, I have to start with, so I carry on with the projects as I have to do. So after the projects, it's a time to me go for running, or go to gym and, and relax, thinking about the next day where I have to pick up some new projects and, and just keep doing. Tell me what your time was like at the University of Lincoln. That's where you graduated from, right? Yeah. What was your time like there? On my class... It was great. You know, I, I had a lot of experience. This is me coming from Mozambique all the way, passing through all the South Atlantic, coming to, to UK and right. know, having to put my head deep into the world in, in UK universities. It was a great experience. You know, you know everything from a side, on the creative side, I already were creative. But how to use, how to channel those creative movements on you, that was the great thing I learned uh, with my lectures. 
Um, I was so fortunate to have a, a great lectures, and I learned a lot, you know, and it was a great time. I had some challenges, but that's life, and that's, that's you know, you just carry on. What kind of challenges did you have? It was a time when I told, like, this is the time, like, I should stop it or I should carry on. And, um, but, you know, I just keep going and I just keep, keep thinking and, and uh, just thinking through the end. But it was great. Um, I had brilliant lectures and I had a, a good workshops, you know, and we had a, a, amazing workshops with leading designers where and some artists where we, we, we used to go in. And yeah, I managed to do to do the degree. So was it like challenges with motivation or, or what, what kind of other stuff did you... I, I'm trying to, I guess, sort of get to the, the root of it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know you try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, what is Europe, you know? I was the only black guy studying. I was the only black guy on my class. Okay. Sometimes the class with 15 or 14 guys one or two, they will try to be unpleasant. But, you know, those challenges you find in the life. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. But um, the great thing is I came out, and I came out well. That's right. But, But I think that, you know, that sort of thing that you're mentioning is, I feel pretty common when it comes to black designers that might either be going to an art school or might be part of a design department. They may end up being that only person in their department of co- like the only person of color so it's good like you said you're able to kind of overcome that challenge and still come out on top yeah 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 that you're right yeah you know it's it, and you know especially in those not even in the universities but in the terms of job markets you know job yeah is is you 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 find out yourself you one in a million and and you have what you have to do is just put your guns up and and just keep going and eventually you will get out there and is our work is great because it's nothing about you what you say or what is is visual you know if you're great designer people want to work with you if you're not you will see because it's visual yeah what keeps you motivated and inspired i think it's where I, where i come from uh, Mozambique is a great place. is is a place of struggle, but uh, we always keep up and keep going. It's my family, you know. I have a beautiful son and I have a beautiful wife. It, it, they just take me through all my struggles and I go together with them, wherever we have to challenge. And um, in Mozambique, you know, Mozambique, we pass a twenty uh, twenty five years, if I'm not wrong, of civil war. Even if I wasn't in deep into that. We know what is struggle. We know what is keep going. You know, we know what is stand up and just put your head up and just stick in and keep going. Is your your family there in the UK too? Or are they back in? No, um, my family pretty much is all over. You know, my family. My father's in Mozambique. My mother lives in South Africa, and I'm here. I have a uh, cousins here. I have an auntie here. So yeah, it's just all over. Okay. All right. What's the design scene like in, in Stanford? Like you said, I know you're kind of right outside London. What's the design scene like? Do you find yourself going into London a lot for events and stuff like that? Yeah, that's true. You know, I'm in the, like a, a small town. is about 20,000 people. Is you The design you have here is, is more corporate. You find the little companies doing little jobs, you know, for other companies. But really... 
to me to expire my to keep to keep feeding myself i have to go to london you know the the three exhibitions i did at part of london design festival they all went the all went was in london nothing was here in stanford so many times i find out myself really literally if i wanted to Everything is out there, your design museum, all the galleries, all the, you know, you're going there, it's all full of inspirations and full of creativity and all, all that. Now, talk to me about your exhibitions. As I was doing my research, mm-hmm. I did, you know, I saw these exhibitions, but I saw that they weren't specifically for graphic design. Yeah. So tell me about that. Yeah. You know, what you're doing now is amazing. This is great because many people don't realize that what you're doing. Your project. Is literally the same project as the exhibitions I did in London Design Festival. Is a group called AACDD. This is an African and African Caribbean design diaspora, where they pick up architects, designers, artists, all walks of life, the creativity, but all coming from Caribbean or African descendants. And on the time of London Design Festival. They are part of London Design Festival. So they bring all the best designers, graphic artists, and everything. They put it all together in one three-story building. And we all exhibited there. You have from talks, you have it from designs. And, you know, I've, I was very fortunate. From the first time coming out from university, they like my concept. I had it this, we are all Africans, the concept. I did expressive typography, where since then, every time the exhibitions going on and every year in London Design Festival, they invited me to go back and, and exhibited my work. And, you know, and it's great. It's great because it's, you you there, you expose yourself, you expose your work and you meet people, you're talking with another graphic designers, artists, architects and, and all walks of life. Is AACDD, is that a pretty big group? Yeah, it's pretty big, big group. You know, they dealing, you know, just, you to be part of London Design Festival is one of the, the, the highlights of many, many groups. Um, they are pretty big groups. They've been established now for long, yeah. Now, I saw some videos where you were also doing some pottery. <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> you do a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember, initially I told you I always felt I was a creative person. Mm-hmm. And graphics is amazing. I love what I do. I love my job. I love my degree. And, it, you know, you end up in in the terms of, of designing as a graphics. It's actual the, the product. is the material you do it, the logos. But, you know, growing up more, experimenting myself and feelings, I have that feeling I needed some product. I need to touch something. I need to create something where I can, I can touch it. I can feel it. So I just, I went through uh, learning how to do a pottery. I went to the studio of Rob Beebe's amazing uh, pottery. He teach me how to do a pottery in the wheel. And um, I'm, it's a learning curve. I'm still in learning, but I, I already do it. So in my free times, I have my own wheel pottery at home in my garage. Just go there, do it, parts and express. And this is another way I bring it together as a graphics because my last exhibition was about potteries. I was expressing and crying with the um, with the things what happened in France with uh, Africans trying to go through the boats in Calais where they end up putting them on the on the these compounds and they, they can't get out and all suffering so much. I express myself through that and through that I put it together. 
series of parts in the London Design Festival. So I pretty much find in myself if when I'm I'm doing parts is very refreshing and very relaxed. It's my way of meditating. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of designers do that. They have some type of a like a physical ritual of some sort that they do that's different from like if they're doing digital design yeah. and stuff like that. There's one designer that I spoke with a few months ago. Her name is D'Angela Duff. Yeah. And she was telling me how, you know, she did a lot of websites and things in the 90s and the early 2000s and such. Yeah. But she quickly kind of found out or quickly, I guess, discovered that a lot of the stuff that you're doing, like digital work, is very ephemeral. Like after two or three years, it's obsolete. It's gone. Exactly. There's a new version of it. So you don't really have that that legacy that you can look back on and say, oh, I've done X, Y, Z, because the design is always changing. Yeah. The design is always being updated. Whereas if you are like doing something or creating something physical or tangible, it's like it's in its permanent state. Yeah. So that's really something you can look back and yeah. say, I did that. Yeah, correct. And not, not only that, in terms of you know, we're dealing with machines all the time. It's yeah. always in the screen, you know. To me, to be able to produce my work, I have to work with a screen. And, you know, to you to get out of that is, is just very rewarding. You know, it's very rewarding. How would you kind of describe your personal design style? Do you have any, any people that influence you, influence your work? I know you, you sort of talked about current events do influence, like they influence your pottery. Yeah, uh, on the design, yeah, I have, I have, you know, one of the things about my design work is I'm always inspired by big designers, not only graphic designers, but in the terms of architects, like, you know, you have David Ajaya from Ghana, you have Oswald Boutang is doing fashion, you know, those, you know, you have the designers like that, you have Jesus Adid, she's an architect, you know, and I try to pick it up you know, people like that is just to, you know, how they do it. But when I was in university, I really like it. Milton, Milton Glazers, you know, it's a great designer. I love yeah. New York. Yeah. I really like him. I like the way I inspired me, the work he, he was doing, you know, but I try to pick it up really what actually brings me up is, is a black designers, not only graphic designers, but they're in the fashion, they're in the architects, they're in, I look up to people like that, trying to say, I want to be, I want to do that one day, I want to be in the level where people, you know, coming for me, just looking for my work and appreciate it and be in that level. Are there a lot of black designers in the UK? Yeah, there are, there are a lot of black designers in the UK and good, and good designers. This is one of the things, this is one of the things I actually talk to people all the time. You know, you, we, we literally up to look to musicians all the time. We always look to musicians, you know, who is the great rapper, who is the, this coming up. But it's a lot of black designers, they're doing great work here. And um, they up there, you know some, but... Literally, it's, it's guys like me then in this circle where we search about them and we find mm-hmm. out, wow, this guy is, you know, is black, is doing this, is amazing. It's like, this is his work, you know, this is in this level. It's a lot of them, yeah, it's a lot of them doing great things. Who are some of those designers? You're saying through has designers as a graphic designers or... 
Yeah, we'll say yeah, we can say like graphic web designer. I mean, you know, I'm interested, of course, because I want to know who else I can talk to. But <laughs> you know, like who are some? I guess like the big black design names that are there in the UK. Because here in the states, we don't we don't know we don't know. Yeah, you you don't know any of any. Not really. <laughs> I mean, there are people that I've interviewed in the UK. Like I, I talked with uh, with John Daniel, who is I think he's in London. I've talked with brian hollingsworth but i mean just some other other names of people i mean i'm always you know wanting to know about who else is out there doing this this kind of work yeah for example you have one of the guys working for the partners partners is a think it, i think is one of the design companies in london in london they are in new york they're all over the place and they're doing an amazing work as uh, um the reason why maybe people don't know to him, but a lot of people know in the terms of graphics, because he's working here and he's working in all over the place. So he, pretty much he's been doing uh, giving talks everywhere, like here, UK, London. His name I just give you. Is I just give I guess give it to you his name now. Just keep forgetting his name, but it's, it's Opara. His surname is Opara. Oh, Eddie Opara. You know. You, you know, everyone knows that guy. Yeah. So <laughs> <everyone like. laughs> knows. So you say in the UK, look, if you look at the work of Eddie Opara and you look at what Eddie Opara is doing. Yeah. It's pretty much amazing, you know? Yeah. But things, designers like that, that's the kind of designers I look up. That's the kind of designers one day I'm inspired to be. Like Eddie Opara, you know, he's been... He's, he's been doing amazing work. He's giving amazing talks. One, one time he was in, designed in Dublin, South Africa, giving talks there. I think he will give talk now to one of the conferences again. It's just his work, the way he works and, you know, his attitude. And, you know, those are kind of the designers we, we look yeah. up to. Yeah. Yeah, here, that's <laughs> so funny you mentioned that. Because here in the U.S., when people are are trying to think of black designers, yeah. His name is like always the first name yeah. that people think about. It's like, oh, we're trying to we're trying to think of like a really like big black designer, and they're like, oh, Eddie Opara. Yeah, like yeah. his name is always the first that comes up. The guy's all over the place. So yeah, so, so the guy's all over the place. But you know, he's amazing. He's just doing amazing work, you know, and he's all over there. But I'm I'm sure it's. So many others, you know, so many others there doing great work. What's the last thing that you designed that was, like, just for fun? Like, it wasn't for clients. It wasn't for any sort of corporate thing. Ah, uh, okay. The last thing I designed wasn't for client. wasn't a corporate thing. Is I always do um, thinking to do expressive, like, expressive typography or, or things like that. So I just, I'm doing a project where... I'm bringing together the concept of thousand words uh, of Africa. This is a project I'm doing. This is a book I'm creating. And when mm -hmm. I have my free time, I always go one page and I do something and I pick it up some ideas and I, I created them. Now, when you say expressive typography, what do you mean by that? We have a ways on the graphic terms. Expressive typography is when you design it typographical, but with expressive meanings as you wanted to to express saying something, the sky is blue, but you don't literally write the sky is blue only. You can write the sky is blue, but showing 
you know, something sense or go or show the, the, the letter blue goes turning into blue or something like that. So that, mm-hmm. that we call expressive typography. Who's been the biggest influence on your professional life? Has there been like one person? Have you had like a mentor or anything like that? In my professional life, uh, the biggest influence I had is um, in the terms of graphics, it's you, you ter- you're talking about any artist, any graphic designer or anybody or somebody in my life. Anybody. Yeah, anybody. Anybody. You know, I'm very lucky. My parents we were amazing to me. They've always been truthful, you know, to saying do what you wanted to do, do what you feel good about it and do what you like to do. And uh, that it just took me all over. You know, it took me all over. What's been your favorite project to work on so far? Oh, my favorite project it was, you know, I, I, I talked to you before when I was in Santa Lina is, you know, while I was working, I was doing my business there. So I find this charity called Shape. Shape mm-hmm. the charity where they're dealing with disabled, uh, mental disabled clients where they bring them to the place, they teach them some craft, and they, they put them into work so they actually can work and have a normal life. And uh, I talked to the boss of Shape um, because what they do actually, they recycle paper, they create some things with bamboo, they use uh, different things to do with the, the crafts they have. So I had a meeting and I just called uh, the boss of Shape and, and the head of creativity there to talk to them. I had this idea of creating some sort of exhibition with the clients, with the disabled there, so we can do it. So what I did is I created with the recycled paper, with the clients on, the, on Shape, we created like a bowls of recycled paper, lampshades, chairs, and uh, we just did this exhibition in, on, on this gallery where the exhibition lost about three months. And that was the most time and program to raise money for that charity. By that time, I did it. And that, that was amazing. That was more fulfilling than me designing something for a client because, you know, it's one of the things, I don't know if you know, it's amazing working with um, mental disabled people they give you that sense of love they move they're more pure than than you know than mm-hmm. men of people so if they smile to you if they say they love you is more deep is is truthful so that was a, one of the best projects i ever did in my life what's the best advice that someone has given you i guess regarding design be individual be yourself you know Try to always, always just try to develop. Don't don't get stuck. Don't say, I did it. I use this program and I know it. Just every time, time try to learn. Learn more. Learn from anybody. Learn from everybody. I like that, what you said just there about, like, don't get stuck on one program. I feel like designers, particularly graphic and web designers, can get really hung up on the tools that they use. Yeah. And not the creative process. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. It's true. Uh, it's just because of the market. The way it is, it's very harsh out there. You know, you know. Every year comes some new tool. <laughs> you have to look up, and you used to dealing with another tool, so you have to like try to adapt and find out about an, another tool. But you know, it's it's very nice if you at least you try to find out how other designers work and how the other tools work. Yeah. Is there anyone out there that might have stopped you from realizing your 
your full creative potential? Because it sounds like with what you do, it goes across so many different disciplines. You've worked in so many different places from, you know, Mozambique to St. Helena to where you are now in the UK. Mm-hmm. In the walks of life, you always find amazing people and you always find people want to stop you what you what you wanted to do but the main thing is just you carry on and go and and in work environment if you do well you will have a great friends if you do well you will have enemies too in the terms of of literally find somebody wanted to stop me what what i'm doing i can't say yeah yeah but but it doesn't affect me i am what i am you know i'm and i don't so if you are what you are, you will do it. You will carry on. Would you say that you're satisfied creatively? No, not at all. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a small fish in a big pond, very small fish. You know, but I don't know if you can feel the sense. What takes me is this drive I have. You know, this drive I have about what I do, that's what takes me on, but I'm a very small fish in a big pond. You know, I'm living every day. I just wanted to learn more and I wanted to create more and I'm I'm just excited about what I do. Where do you see yourself in like the next five years or so? Earlier you spoke about kind of wanting to take your business back to Mozambique or take your talents and your skills back to Mozambique. Yeah, in five years time I see myself back in Mozambique with my company, you know, employing people, doing what I like to do, and, and it's just keep developing. So one question that I have, and I, I don't know if I if I asked this earlier, but design-wise, what represents Mozambique? Because from here in the United States, when I think when people think about Africa, mm. they think about Africa as a whole. They don't really yeah. consider <laughs> too well. Well, they don't consider too much individual countries outside of say South Africa, yeah. Nigeria, Egypt. Yeah you know, maybe Somalia or Kenya or something like that. But like what represents to you, like if you had to do a design that really represented your country or even that just represented Maputo, Mm. what design wise does that look like? You know, it's true what you're saying about people, you in America, you America, it's just been country, uh, Africa has the whole country, but Africa is amazing continents, different colors, different language. Only on my country, we have about, so many dialects, you know, more than 10 dialects in my country. Mm. We, you know, we speak, we always grow up speaking two languages. One is Portuguese with your own dialect. It's, yeah, Portuguese is uh, Mozambique's official language. Yeah, Portuguese is Mozambique's official language, but we have our dialect. I am Changana, you know, I speak Changana and I speak Portuguese. In Mozambique, in the terms of when you ask me what actual I will, if, if you're coming with some sort of... of designing in Mozambique, what I will represent my country. Yeah, like if you had to create, like say the the government in Maputo commissioned you to do a design that represents like the essence of Mozambique or the essence of Maputo, what would that look like? Oh man, that day is amazing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's so colorful. Maputo is one of the the greatest capitals in, in Africa, one of the greatest capitals. You know, it, I will, it would be so colorful in the terms of me trying to represent my, you know, my province, my Maputo. But literally, you know, we have amazing artists in Mozambique, amazing artists. One of the greatest artists we have, you already died, Cosma Langatana. 
And we have so many others uh, doing amazing art there in terms of sculpture, you know, uh, paintings and, and all that. is uh, so many creativity. Arts and crafts in Maputo it is all over the place. We have a market all over the place. We have So uh, to me, to come up with something, and if you really want to understand about something, just listen the music of Bob James and David, David Sambot, Maputo, calls Maputo. It's a jazz. Just listen. You will see how, you know, it's a province full of color. From top to bottom, the whole Mozambique is just flourish with color. You know, we, we are 360 degrees full of sun, you know, all mm-hmm. year round. A lot of vibe going on, you know, like any other African country. There's a lot of things going on, you know. You find the people enjoying themselves. You find the people created all the time to live. Other people created just because they like to be creative. But one thing you will represent it, it will be a, a bubble full of color, like colorful bubble. All right. Well, just to kind of wrap things up, where can our audience find out more about you online? Where can they follow you? You know, I have my own website, uh, the, the website of the, the business I have is called um, www.lupadesign.co. That's where you can you get, you can see about the corporate side, they do the work, and you can see a little bit about in the blog, the exhibitions I've been doing in the London Design Festival, and, and then just see about a little bit about my work. All right, sounds good. And Selmo, thank you so much for taking time out of your day for speaking with me. I feel like I really got a great sense of not just, you know, the work that you do, but also it's almost like this tapestry of like the work that you do and your culture and everything from Mozambique to your work in St. Helena to what you're doing in the UK. I really got this big, broad sense of the passion that you bring to your work. Yeah. as it relates to design. So really, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Hey, man, it was, was amazing talking to you. I'm very happy. You know, it's, it's just I mean, it's just you to see what technology can do. <laughs> <laughs> you up there, cold, cold, which part of stage you are, you don't know. You, you know, you're very cold. I'm here, you know, but this conversation was one of the best I had. It. Thank you very much. And that's it for this week. Big thanks to Anselmo Palembe and thanks to you for listening. You can find out more about Lupa Design and Anselmo's work through the links in the show notes at revisionpath.com. Thanks as always to our sponsors, MailChimp, Hover, and Creative Market. When it comes to email marketing, MailChimp makes it extremely simple. They have great reporting and autoresponder features, and you can send 12,000 emails to 2,000 subscribers for free. No contracts and no credit card required. Check them out at MailChimp.com. Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names, and they give you exactly what you need to get the job done. Get yourself a new domain or transfer your current domains to Hover and save 10% off your first purchase by using the promo code SECONDYEAR at checkout. And lastly, there's Creative Market, a marketplace that sells beautiful, ready-to-use design content from thousands of independent creators around the globe. Head over to creativemarket.com and pick up those six free goods that are available for free every Monday. This episode was edited by RJ Basilio and produced by me, Maurice Cherry. Our intro is by Music Man Dre with intro audio by Yellow Speaker. The outro audio, They See Me Growing, is courtesy of Jimmy Square. 
Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a rating and a review. It really helps us get new listeners, helps sort of bump our show up in the rankings. Um, I'll even read your review right here on the show. Revision Path is a 318 media project. If you like the work we're doing with the podcast and the website, then visit revisionpath.com slash donate and let us know. Leave a tip in our tip jar, sponsor an upcoming episode, or join at the $5 fist bump level to show your ongoing support. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.